Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Hey everyone, I'm one of your hosts, Bethany Womack, here by myself. I know, sometimes Charlie lets me do these things all by myself. Here to introduce a special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. During most episodes, you'll hear Charlie and myself talk about social media, preview the news from Empowering Pumps and Equipment, and then do an industry interview. But this special episode is just an interview. We wanted to release this bonus content as a way to say thank you for listening and because this interview is just too amazing to keep to ourselves. And you'll see what I mean when we get to it. You're about to hear Charlie interview Aaron Winnick Anthony. Aaron works at Johnson Space Center as a science communication specialist for the International Space Station. She shares the amazing stories of research on the space station with the world. She's also the founder and CEO of SciChic, a company that designs and produces 3D printed jewelry inspired by science and engineering and creates outreach programs based on the jewelry. In short, Erin is an amazing engineer with a love of science and a passion to share that with anyone who will listen to her. She's doing amazing things to inspire the next generation of STEM professionals, and we're so thankful that she came on the show to share her passion with all of you. For more information on how you can connect with Erin, she's got a lot of great content on her social media, so you'll definitely want to follow her there. You can find her links to all of her channels in the show notes. Just a couple more things before we get to the interview. As always, please do us a favor and rate and review the podcast and then subscribe so that we show up in your podcast feed every Monday with new episodes. We'd love to connect with you on social media. You can tag us at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Okay, without further delay, here's your interview. Erin, welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I have been a fan of yours since I met you on Instagram, uh, and we'll get into that later. But Erin, just to introduce yourself, kind of who you are and what you do. Sure. So at, at the core, I am a science communicator. So I do that in a variety of ways. My full-time job is I'm a science communication specialist for the International Space Station, which means I work at Johnson Space Center and get to help tell the awesome stories of all the research that the astronauts are doing aboard the space station and all of the scientists happening on the outside of station as well. And then uh, outside of that, I also do a lot of science communication, freelance writing. I have a company that makes 3D printed science jewelry. And as you mentioned, Instagram, I do a lot of sharing science on social media. So all around just putting science out there in the world. Yeah. So there's a lot there, but um, yeah. So Erin, I think it's amazing. First of all, you know, that introduction, when you start with saying science communicator, people are probably like, what does that mean? So with that, and just in general, being a science communicator, and then you kind of amplify that and say, I communicate with International Space Station, and that just blows everyone's mind, mine included. But what's your everyday look like? What is a science communicator? 
Yeah. So my background is actually in mechanical engineering, and I use that to basically look at all of this technical information that's out there and then put it into a form that the whole world wants to watch and read and understand um, and make it more palatable. You know, like there's there's research papers that are out there and then there's feature stories and videos and social media posts that make that science accessible and interesting and trying to give people a lot of different ways to be able to digest this science and engineering that might not feel as accessible typically. So on the day-to-day, I am managing all of the editorial calendar and everything that's coming out of the program research office, COM office, so at Johnson Space Center, which means I'm looking at the calendar and seeing what cool stuff the astronauts are going to be working on in six months, what they're working on the next day, then running our features and social posts and scheduling all of that out to make sure that we're telling the public about, like I said, all the amazing science and research that's happening in space. So it's kind of keeping my eye out for all the great stories that are going to be happening in that space science and then figuring out the best form to tell them. Well, let's talk about one of those stories. I mean, you must be on cloud nine with the launch that happened and then the safe landing. How how are you feeling this week? Oh man, it's been a crazy few months. So yeah, um, Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley launched on May 30th and then they just splashed down this past weekend. And what's really cool is since I'm focused on the science of the mission, while most of the attention was focused on, you know, this amazing launch and landing, we were focused on the hundred hours of science that they did while they were on the space station during those two months and people might not have been paying as much attention where they were working on experiments that were studying everything from how electrolysis produces bubbles in space and um, helping to fix a plant habitat that's going to be used for upcoming missions. Um, And then on the a ride home that they took, there was also science samples on board. So we were trying to help tell the science story inside of this larger, amazing story that everyone was paying attention to. And super excited that they're home now. I live in Houston, which is where they flew back to. Um, so super cool to know that they're just a few miles from me now. Yeah, that is amazing. And, you know, like to your point, there's so much that goes on. I mean, from the communication side, right, the behind the scenes, the you know, how do we get this message out to the public, which I admire greatly. We'll talk about on the personal side as well for, for you. But mm-hmm. then you, you get into science and I'm, fa- I'm always fascinated when you really have a, a great science teacher and that can really get the message across and create excitement. Uh, did you have any kind of inspiration? I guess, why, why did you become a mechanical engineer and, and how did you get this inspiration to love science? You know, I, I grew up in a, a space-loving family. I grew up in Florida. So um, I grew up in Tampa, and I had a lot of family that family history of people working in the space program. One of my grandparents worked at a defense contractor. One of them actually worked on some of the shuttle programs and on the Saturn 1B rockets for Apollo. So I had a lot of family that was always going out and watching these launches and just really valued space and science. So, and I also grew up in a world of places where I checked out stacks of Bill Nye DVDs from the library, and I loved watching Mythbusters. So a lot of science communicators were really role models to me growing up and helped me get that that excitement in science and inspired me to kind of go down that path. And specifically with engineering, I've always just really liked making things. Uh, But at the same time, I've always liked writing and communicating. So I was editor-in-chief of my high school paper, but at the same time, I really liked constructing things and robots, and I got to learn to weld and use lathes and machines and things like that. So it's been a really interesting combination of these two different passions that I have. 
Yeah. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit and let's talk about that. So you love to make things and um, you have this love for fashion and jewelry. So tell us about your 3D printing jewelry company. Yeah. So my jewelry company is called Sci Chic. I launched it while I was in college and getting my mechanical engineering degree. More than anything, I just really have always loved, you know, sewing things. I always sewed my Halloween costumes growing up and that sort of stuff. And then as I got older and I got to learn these other maker skills, it was a really, again, an intersection of some of my, my biggest passions and also adding on getting entrepreneurship experience. Because one of the things you don't get super exposed to in engineering is entrepreneurship. So I wanted to kind of get an education for myself through starting my own company. So SciChic turned into a way to be able to scale 3D printing outreach because I was doing a lot of in-person events, but you can't really reach a large audience around the country. And by making 3D printed science and engineering inspired jewelry, I was able to put a tangible piece, a connection to manufacturing in the hands of both kids and adults to be able to get them excited about manufacturing and then the science topics that this jewelry was also representing. I love that. You know, I always feel like I don't really fit. I, you know, went to school for business and finance and I love children and and thought about going to human growth and development. And now I'm in marketing and media and I would go to these uh, engineering conferences and I would just feel like I don't fit. And I, you know, I love fashion and in Hollywood and all the glam as well. And so it's so great to meet a person who is an engineer who loves fashion and is doing something good with it through their outreach. And so I have really enjoyed watching you on Instagram. Uh, I'm fascinated with all the TikTok videos (laughs) that you're doing, but you're sharing them through Instagram. So I just saw that Instagram has the reels now. Have you used that yet? Yeah. So reels just came out yesterday and I immediately was diving in to try to look at it. Um, I I started experimenting with TikTok probably right right before everyone went into, into quarantine with all of this going on. Just because I use social media for sharing science so much, I didn't want to get left behind for this other platform. Uh, And it's been really interesting. I'm curious to see if Instagram can match TikTok's algorithm, which is what really makes it pop, you know, and be able to deliver the perfect content to people and that, you know, that spark of virality that people can get on it. And I think if Instagram can get that, they'll have a real competitor on their hands. But if not, that's that's where TikTok is still going to win out, I think. Yeah, that's a good point. My uh, 12-year-old, he loves TikTok and he he's a has an engineering mind. At times he says he wants to go to MIT. Um, other times he's like, I'm a professional football player. But the, the thing that he likes is learning. Like he goes on there and he's like inter- entertaining himself. Yes, but it's it's through learning things and he'll, you know, be telling me, well, I, did you know about this? Did you know about this? So I think there is a way that you can incorporate science and knowledge and that's that. I guess, mystery of the video and what's going to happen next, uh, which is really fun. Uh, so I do, I, but I'm a, I'm a fan of Instagram. That's my favorite platform. I think I'm just, I don't have the, the time for TikTok to set it up to where it would deliver what I need is what I'm thinking, but you sure. know, ne- next step, right? Next step. Yeah. You know, I, I recommend giving it a shot, but it's, you know, Instagram has been my, my stalwart, but the one I've been with for the longest too. And uh, I, you know, I've always really liked photography, so it's definitely jived with my personal skill set. I've never been a very video type person, so TikTok's been a little bit out of my comfort zone. But there's like, like you were saying, there's a really interesting learning community on both of them. I think people associate both sometimes, you know, Instagram with just 
oh, it's just fashion and, you know, frivolous things and TikTok with just like dances and cat videos. But I found a really amazing community, especially of women in STEM and science communication on both platforms um, that I've connected with. And like, as I've, I've moved a lot for my, my jobs, every time I've moved, I've had friends in those communities that were women in STEM because I met them on Instagram. And it's, it's been an interesting way to network. Uh, I think people think of LinkedIn as the go-to business professional place to go for that. But, you know, I, I've really met some amazing people that are doing some wonderful science communication work through these social media platforms. Yeah, I think it's so easy to connect with people using the hashtags there. And you can see kind of what their brand is immediately through these pictures and what interests them. Uh, Does it really interest them, that hashtag, right? You'll be able Mm -hmm. to tell. And so, you know, I, I think that I probably stumbled across you with one of the skirts that you've made with um, the materials or with the science, um, I guess, maybe space on them or something like that. Most recently, you, you were talking about, you know, fashion with the with NASA on it and mm-hmm. how you can use that, how you cannot use that. I found that also both you know informational and just fascinating. Yeah. Um, speaking of, I, I make a lot of skirts now. I'm not necessarily selling them. It's just for my own personal enjoyment, which is of my favorite pictures that I see in my job and I print them on two skirts because um, honestly, so much of my job, I get to look at these beautiful pictures that are being taken by the astronauts, both of science and then of Earth from space. And it's just been really inspiring to me in that fashion sense to then turn those into into skirts. Uh, and then what you're talking about, I was recently speaking of, there's a huge prevalence of NASA imagery on uh, fashion all over the place. And it's been interesting to see how it's spread through H&M and Forever 21 and all these places. And there's, a, there's an ease of being able to do that, but it's been really fun to be able to just go into society and see tons of people wearing wearing all these NASA logos and supporting space exploration. It's so cool. I mean, so much of it, you know, all of it inspiring. Um, I have a, a daughter who's about to turn 10 and she she loved not necessarily the um, the launch. She watched it with me, but she liked when they were you know, in space and kind of moving around and showing all the different activities that they were doing. Um, And then kind of looking back at Earth, those pictures, like you said, are beautiful and just make you have that sense of awe. One of the, you know, I brought this up in our last episode about having a fashion show at the Empowering Women Conference. Uh, 2021, we're going to be in Chicago. And I could just see you up there with that skirt on. Uh, But, you know, the other part I really like is the jewelry that you have. Um, Do you have any, you know, special inspiration from from that side? You know, uh, with the jewelry, a lot of the designs have come about just as I've been learning about science, you know, through my jobs. And I before this, I worked at um, MIT Technology Review as a space reporter and a future of work reporter. So I wrote a lot about everything from manufacturing to these same rocket launches and a lot of the jewelry inspiration came from those places. I have some that are robotic arms that were more inspired by when I was learning about automation. Or I have one that is of a trajectory that the Apollo 11 astronauts followed from the Earth to the moon turned into a necklace. So, I mean, you can kind of see a lot of my interests, you know, sprinkle into the different jewelry designs uh, as I learn more about this and go through my career. Well, I think we are uh, quite a fit. We've got you know, science, uh, manufacturing, fashion, like it's just, I love it. Do you have, I guess, any, uh, as we've been talking, kind of thoughts or inspiration that you want to share to maybe somebody getting into these fields or, or just the, the generation, the younger generation, any thoughts of inspiration for them? 
Sure. I think the biggest advice I'd give is that there are so many careers related to science and engineering that people don't realize. You know, in NASA, we have people that have journalism degrees, film degrees, people with accounting backgrounds and all different things. You don't just have to have a mechanical engineering degree to work in these industries where, although I do, I'm not doing, you know, engineering on a daily basis. So really pursue what your passion is. And then you can still find your place in so many of these areas that might interest you. So, you know, I, I think that if you like making things, engineering could be the right way to go. But if you like writing, you can still find a place in aerospace, in NASA, and in many of these different places that, that are looking for great communicators as well. So I, I'm going off script here a little bit. And I want to ask you one question, kind of your favorite experience. Do you have a, a story where... You're like, this is why I'm here. Uh, this is why I want to stay in this field. You know, I so I've been in my um, job at NASA now for just a little over a year. And uh, although a third of that has been working from home, part of the magic of being actually able to be on site at NASA and just sitting in my computer and watching a live stream of people working on a robotics experiment on the space station it's just something that feels so surreal that that could actually be my job, you know, that I'm watching the specific experiment I'm thinking of Astrobe, which are these three little adorable cube robots that I love that are testing like autonomous functions on the space station to be able to assist astronauts in what they do. Just to think that I am sitting in Houston, you know, Houston, we have a problem, mission control, Houston, watching people 250 miles orbiting above the earth working on an experiment that I'm going to then get to share on social media. And that's what I'm do, doing for a living is just insane. And to think that that's where my career has taken me, I would never have guessed I would have ended up here, but I'm so happy that I did. You know, there's so many careers out there that you just don't know about until you see them with your own eyes. And I'm really happy of where, with where I've ended up so far. What do you think got you to this place? Why were you successful in getting here? I think more than anything, a willingness to jump around and do what I was passionate about. In my, I've, I've, had, I've had four engineering internships in college. I freelance wrote. I started my own company. I interned over at The Economist after I graduated. I ran my company full-time for a bit. I've had a very non-traditional path for someone graduating with a BS in mechanical engineering. And I think that willingness to just go, this is this is what I'm really interested about in. And it's not necessarily where all my peers are going. They might be striving for a career at Apple or Google or going on to their PhDs in research and just going, this is, this is who I am. And this is where I'm willing to go and kind of carve out a non-traditional career path. I, I is what enabled me to get here. All those steps along the way, looking back, it's like hindsight, you know, 2020. Oh, of course that's, that's where her career was going, but it was not that clear along the way, but that, that willingness to just kind of take those risks uh, was definitely what, what it got me to here. Well, I'm sitting here smiling at my computer. Uh, I just think <laughs> that is such a great story. And just that willingness to say yes and follow your dreams and your passion. I mean, I can just see you as a little girl, like thinking about this and dreaming uh, about seeing this. So thank you for being here. I have enjoyed what you're doing online. So keep up that great work. And, uh, you know, I think that what's next is people finding out about you. So, you know, where do you want people to kind of reach out to you or follow you? Sure. If you want to actually reach out to me individually, you can find me on all the social medias that we talked about on uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Erin Winnick, E-R-I-N-W-I-N-I-C-K. 
But if you want to see some of the actual SciComm work I'm doing, um, I also help run the uh, ISS Research Twitter, which is ISS underscore research. And all the feature stories that I write and help edit are at um, nasa.gov slash station research news. And then I'll do my last plug for my company is uh, scishik.com. So if you want to see some of that jewelry and those designs I was talking about, that's the best place to go. I love it, Erin. Thank you so much. I am inspired. I can't wait to follow you on all of those networks and uh, learn from you and be inspired every day. Thanks, Erin. No problem. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap for this special bonus episode of the Empowering Industry Podcast. If you want to continue the conversation with us, you can tag us on social media at Empowering Pumps using the hashtag, hashtag Empowering Industry Podcast, or email us at podcast at empoweringpumps.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, and we'll be back next Monday with a full episode. Until then, be empowering. <laughs>